Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Roitana. Timeful. And Josh Brown. Hiya. Finding all of us on the beach because we are the three people in the office who have finished Death Stranding. I think Benji just has as well, but he's not within the vicinity, so we're going to crack on anyway. This is a full-on Death Stranding spoiler cast. Oh dear God, every single thing is up for grabs. Um, and if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that you finished it as well, or you just want to know what the hell's going on in Hideo Kojima's latest masterpiece. So... Without further ado, let's get into the biggest stuff. The ending, one of the biggest reveals, is that Amelie is actually an extinction entity. And kind of not even real. Yeah, you know? it turns out she wasn't real for the whole game. So, um, yeah, what did you guys think of that stuff to just sort of kick things Can off? Can I just say, like, I've seen the trailer straight away. Mm-hmm. When I see um, <clears throat> in bed dying in Amelie, I'm just like... You're the same person, aren't you? Like, really? you, I could the facial structure you can just look at. Are you the same person? I think I said it straight away. Uh, <laughs> she didn't want to say it anymore. Just be like, oh, I don't know. Is this a thing? And it's well, like it, when it happened, I was like, oh, it's really weird because the, on that opening scene, like obviously, yeah, one <clears> of the the twists is like we're going to talk with an assumed level of, a level of knowledge, yes. for, uh, audience members, um, audience members, listeners. Is the word <laughs> I want viewers as well if you're on YouTube. Um, because uh, at the very beginning, when it says um, that the, the same actress plays both people, when they introduce Bridget, it's the same person. So I was yeah. like, okay. I get that. And I just kind of just assumed that, like, her name must be Am- Amelie Bridget, whatever. And I just kind of, I just went with that for the whole time. So, like, that that thing didn't blow me away too much. But, Jimmy, yeah. you're making a face. What blew me away, right? And this is <laughs> entirely me. I know it has a different uh, meaning. But Amelie, if you break that down and you turn it into Geordie speak, right. it means I'm a lie. I'm a lie. I'm yeah. not real. But they what? even they even do that by breaking down like the French yeah. word for it. Like that's that's yeah. another thing. Like, I've got a whole separate point for the the level of script writing, let's say, and some of the stuff like Princess Beach mm-hmm. and the you know oh I'm just you're I'm Mario and you're Princess Beach. That stuff was the stuff where I really started going like okay like you've you've lost me. But I know what I messaged you guys saying like what the living hell is this game uh, or is this scene rather it's like three hours before the end as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which um, that's someone needs to just get in touch with Big Hideo. You know Big Bad Card and just tell him, look, credits come at the end, all right? <laughs> Don't do the credits if you've got another three hours. When I was, when I got to Ludicrous. that first credit scene when you are just waiting, I was, I was waiting for one of you to eventually get a message going, what, do you just wait here? <laughs> are you just meant to run until Sam decides to sit down? Yeah, yeah. and then even when you figure that out, that you just have to, yeah, run and sit and get some plot, you do that another seven times? Yeah. Ben Roy, I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told you in real life because I've been saving it for this podcast, but oh, no. when I got to that moment where I, you sit down and the credits roll, I thought... That was the end, obviously. So I messaged you saying, uh, you know, I've finished. 
And you messaged me back saying, no, oh, yeah, you'll pro- it's proper guttering when you have to take a loot to the incinerator. And I thought, <laughs> oh, no, I am not. Uh, I am, I am oh, gonna spoiler, Roy it. strikes again. Out the window. That's, that's a thing. So, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> so on bright red. Red Roy. I think, um, <laughs> I think um, it is, that's one of the things, though, that comes with the way that that ending is paced. Because, you know, maybe if you saw, like, you know your Metal Gears, you know that he tends to do stuff post-credits. He tends to sort of elongate things out. Um, this this is the most elongated I feel for like an ending sequence in terms of the pacing of it um, and the fact that across all of Death Stranding one of the things that I loved was you know you're, you're building America you're coming together and like where's it all going to lead and whatever but he pretty much wrote like what could be a through line Metal Gear style linear narrative and then just injected a massive chunk of open world in the middle which means that the end is kind of it's like a game it's like a game of two halves with this, this middle open world stuff and at the end like you know from about episode six like seven ish onwards that's when it all becomes very cutscene heavy and yeah, like, I think there's there's a very noticeable thing where for me I don't think Kojima's adapted to open world storytelling very well. It feels very fragmented. I feel yeah. yeah. I, I like the story. I really love where it goes. I thought it was really emotional, but it does feel like a game of two halves. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, full Metal Gear, especially with the Cliff Dunger stuff and all Die Hard <laughs> Man. I was like, one, you they're going to be John McClane's. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be best friends on the battlefield, <laughs> or they're going to be lovers. Because at one point, when you're BB inside the pod, like, are they? gonna kiss yeah there's goose in my way Uh but when it comes to like cliff unger i knew the game couldn't have been finishing when i thought it was going to because he'd barely even been introduced like Mm. it felt like the game was wrapping up and yet we'd barely been introduced to who Mm. this guy is and what he means and then there was another two or three hours of cutscenes involving him you Mm -hmm. can tell by uh kojima's social feeds that he spent months with Matt Mikkelsen yeah, so true. it wasn't going to be yeah. just two free scenes plus and- even in the trailers like the amount that's a, a separate point but the amount of stuff that was in the trailers that I think that they pulled from scenes that are literally 30 40 hours into the game things like Hartman's introduction that they put out ahead of time as a character introduction um that you know are things that and like Mama as well like one of her biggest reveals in game is that her baby isn't real sorry he's dead or whatever um that you don't know that until you meet her in the game but we all knew going in because it was her character trailer and my favorite trailer from the game the Del Toro stuff where he goes right. to the um, uh, sewer the, part and yeah. then the, the baby floats towards Mads and then like, he comes out of the water. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite trailer. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh wait, this is just in the game, isn't it? <laughs> and then, I, I said to JB just beforehand, I was like, I think I'm going to get to a point with one of the trailers in it and I didn't know that was actually going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that was weirdest in terms of the trailer stuff is that like the, the shot of him being all blue with the gun to his head, that is nigh on the final shot of the game. Yeah. Like until it restarts again. But like it's it's the it's one of the endings. Um, and so like, because there's an interview uh, clip, that you, clip that you can read about uh, these like weird grubs that turn blue when they're dead or whatever. This thing that Kojima clearly just read on Wikipedia once. <laughs> and, well, that would be kind of cool. Because the thing he does loads of is a random character will just talk to you normally and say, hey, thanks for the donuts or whatever it is. Thanks for the pizza. But anyway, I was really this thing and like there's this ancient Egyptian tradition and turns out that it's about the grubs and they go blue. Isn't that funny? And then that factors massively into the whole thing. Yeah, but, but in Higgs terms is, of Higgs is a pharaoh though, isn't it? Well, I guess the whole thing with Higgs being chaos and everything kind of yeah ties into some weird like I don't know hierarchical domination thing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, the the trailer influence on the storytelling, I like that was in the back of my mind a lot. Where I was like, well, I haven't had this scene yet, and I haven't had this scene yet. Like even the World War Two stuff doesn't really come in until 20, 25 hours. Maybe even more. Maybe yeah. more. Um, which is kind of nuts. Um, I guess in terms of um, wrapping up thoughts on the ending, we were all positive ultimately in the end. It yes. lost me completely after the Higgs fight um, to the point where me and my wife were just going like, what's going on? Like literally, mm. I, I, it's madness. The bit when they're the slow motion run on the beach, the, Mar- the Mario and Peach stuff. I, I, I was expecting that reaction when you got to the beach. Right. Like, and I had that thing was like, 
where we come to near the end of a game and I just like, oh, come on, Scott, just, just please make it you. <laughs> it, gets, it gets good again. I mean, it gets good after hour, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's like that bit was, that brought me down as well. But luckily, like, if you play these sort of games, designed to have a glass of wine just there so you can sit and sit. So you can be hammered <laughs> off and, your face. And <laughs> just walk back with it, you know, wait for it to happen. I just, I think that in that case, it's one of those times where I, for the longest time, don't think that Kojima needs an editor. Right? And I used to always say that. I think that he was, because just in terms of a creative force, I like that he's unrestrained. And there's, there's one word that describes Death Stranding. It is unrestrained. He hasn't held a single thing back. Um, you know, pee grenades and everything else. Um, but in that scene, I was kind of like, I kind of wish that someone had kind of reined him in a little bit. Like, it's weird. The more I've gone back over Metal Gear and the more I've looked into the production credits and the more I've looked at things like the, the translator for the very first game, the more I realized that his quote-unquote genius was reined in and focused. And when he's been completely off the leash, Phantom Pain and now Death Stranding, it's, it's nuts in I, a maybe bad way. I do like that every chapter is kind of like focused on character in some way mm. but yeah it feels like the ending was fine but it we just had too much game before then right and like the whole traveling all the way back across america i knew just, that was coming that was something yeah. i called from the very beginning i was like as soon as you've mapped america you're gonna go back mm -hmm. again. if you were like uh, i don't know if you how many roads did you build because if you like i know built a fair you built more roads than me i just went to the nearest road I yeah could, like, right. screw it i'm getting on that and going mm -hmm. well that was obviously what they want they want to go for like at that point like, you're at the very end and like i had a whole network of zip lines set up that like i'd done but a few other players had done so when yeah. it came part to do that i just zip lined all the way back through the country which is like obviously one of those meta narrative things where he wants like he wants you to fall back on like your established routes that you're comfortable with which is the overall message of the game like relying on other people and stuff like that that's just some of the best stuff um in terms of like a thematic kind of thing but i guess josh where did you come down overall on the ending i think you, you really liked all that i stuff. really like the ending I, I agree that the stuff on the beach just after you fight higgs is is absolutely daft and when he was talking <laughs> about even when he was talking about like the doomsday and yeah. princess beach all that stuff <laughs> i was just sort of i wasn't <sighs> disappointed because it felt very kojima but i felt like it was at odds with what the at least the central narrative mm. had established before then and i do think it picks up after that for the next two or three hours or whatever mm. and brings all that stuff to a satisfying conclusion but i don't know why that was kept there it, feel, it feels like it's something more for the players than it mm. is for the story i don't think it serves did, the characters very did you well. both mm -hmm. go up to her and hold on grab her by the way because you know you get that when amelie's walking off mm -hmm. into the water i thought you had to do that I thought that was you what? can just let her walk away and then game over that's what i did oh well yeah. i tried to shoot yeah. her and nothing happened and then yeah, it restarted again. i tried to shoot her and then i went over and just went to her and it did the whole it grabbed her yeah but um when i just had a look back and i didn't realize there's actually another random where you mm. just you just fail oh yeah everything mm -hmm. just go yeah because in that mo the, there was three times in the game where it asks you to like it doesn't tell you what to do and it says oh just think for yourself like think of a way to cross the lake think of a way to get into the beach like think of whatever and i i didn't i got the cross the lake one because i ended up triggering a boss fight by accident and i was like i can just climb these buildings and mm -hmm. that'll work and the one before that where it was like figure out a way to teleport to the beach i didn't think of fragile at all i don't know if you guys did um i ended up uh, eventually sam says to himself that he can use fragile to do it right because yeah. i was just wandering around in the city going like well i don't know your stupid rules Kojima. <laughs> i don't know what the hell you want me to do because you've never you've not laid this out i don't even know how teleporting works mate so i've got no idea how this is what i'm supposed to do um those were the bits where I was just kind of like I like that he has confidence in his own nomenclature which he always does in Metal Gears and his own work and stuff but things like that where I was like okay a lot of the world building and terminology kind of falls in on itself um, hmm. there are rules governing it but if you're paying if you're I, tr I try the whole thing so seriously that every time he tried like you know okay well this term is actually means this and then actually dooms means this and EE is this and I'm like okay I'm like mentally cataloging all this stuff so that in those closing scenes where he inverts everything and actually this means this all along and this wasn't real all 
all along. And I'm just like, all these other scenes that I had like stocked up, like, well, that never really happened. And this really happened. It lost me like at the end For until me, the very end. Then it came back again. I promise that like, I don't mind being spoon fed the whole game but mm. when he would once in a while go, go on then, just do it. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you think that you'd work it out and you feel so smart, but there'll be just something that you just didn't like. The cross in the lake, mm -hmm. I accidentally triggered the boss fight as well, right. but I died and made a crater. So then I just walked around the giant crater. That See, I, that's kind of great though. So it yeah, made, it made yeah. a bridge for me because I right. died. So I was like, fine, I'm just going to do this. In a way, I quite like that. Like there are other ways to do it. Because in, in my head, I was like, well, I wonder if there's a bunch of ways that I'm supposed to be figuring out. But then the amount, you can't kill all the PTs at that part of the beach. They just keep coming back. So yeah. at some point you're going to die or, or figure it out with the boss battle kind of thing with yeah. me for that bit um, I didn't figure it out straight away and I was kind of frustrated I kept just walking into the tarn dying and I was like what am I doing <laughs> wrong and then I just ended up checking my mail because I was looking for another pizza mission for, for something Great. else to do and I was reading through the most recent ones and then they give you a hint like uh, oh don't forget that sometimes structures come back when you enter the uh, the BT right, areas right. and I was like ah makes sense but I, with fragile i actually put that together myself right. and i did feel smart i felt very satisfied yeah. <laughs> i was i was put together the, the law in my head and realized what i'd done before mm -hmm. and went straight for that and when it rewarded me with the actual answer i thought that's very cool thank right, right. you hideo let's um it's because it's fragile not fragile I, the, she <laughs> says her name like differently like five times and like like yeah like like leah sadu is a great actress or like but the her lines are really weird in this like like a lot of it and then the the bit where they say it together at the end like i'm fragile but not that fragile i was like oh et, mm, words i can't say on youtube and i just like <laughs> stuff like that made me cringe inside out where i was mm -hmm. like you haven't really earned this and you're not as cool as you think you are and i think stuff like that is proper emperor's new clothes stuff where like i can go with it i love the thing when he meets hartman he does a little record scratch i don't mind i love hartman doing the thumbs up and giving you likes and bb and everything else um but then sometimes the the lines he tries to nail like that fragile line um i think are just like oh man actually you think this is way cooler than it is mm -hmm. and it isn't at all oh like, see i i I agree, but mm. for me, it, that doesn't bring down the overall sort of satisfaction I have no, with the conclusion in general. There are a lot of issues with the script, as you would mm -hmm. expect from a Hideo Kojima script. Mm -hmm. But for me, this is the only time I've had... I've enjoyed one of his stories in a way that's properly gotten me like really emotional. Like yeah. I've always been interested in his stories and world mythology. I've always been fascinated by the way he rolls them out and the way he presents them. Mm -hmm. But even in the later Metal Gear games, I've never felt as shocked emotionally as I have with this because I feel like in this game, everything from the story to the characters to the gameplay all centers around one core emotional theme. And that might seem like it's a bit basic, mm. but it drives it home so much that by the time I got to the finale, I thought, actually, this I, this might have a lot of pathos to it. Pathos. See, it's, the, 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 it's weird because one of the biggest criticisms with it, and I've seen this on a bunch of other uh, outlets as well, is that the opening sentiment it gives you in the first five minutes is the exact same thing by the end, the ending five minutes, which is just, we need to come together. And like, and it's like, yeah, fine. And the thing that I, I really like is that he frames that in a, in a human history kind of way. Like when you first starts mentioning the five other extinctions um like they they're all real like they you know there are things that have happened in the past these big phenomena that resulted in mass extinctions of human history oh, sorry in a uh, world history um and that's just really interesting in framing like you know isn't the idea that we can come together at all this massive natural miracle yeah and it's like yeah. that's cool like given that there's all this context and weight and everything that's why i love the amelie twist towards the end because mm. when it was revealed that she was the 
big quote unquote bad guy. I kind of rolled my eyes because I was right. just convinced that she'd be sort of one dimensional. But when they fleshed out why she was doing what she was doing mm. and that she was born as this extinction entity and she sort of rebelled against her, you know, you know, destiny essentially, mm. it ended up causing the Death Stranding. And then she decided that, look, life was a fluke. The Big Bang happened. We shouldn't even be here. <laughs> and the, the nature is trying to take its course and fix that through these different extinction events. And it's just not happening mm. because humans are too darn, you know, stubborn and they keep coming back. So I'm just going to, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to stop the suffering. She just doesn't get why humans like, you know, continue to forge connections. It's the matrix ending. Yeah, yeah. Why do you persist? Why do you persist in sight of, you know, utter annihilation that will come eventually, whether Mm. it's tomorrow or in a thousand years time. And the way that was presented towards the end for me, like you said, it's essentially the same message that you get at the start of the game, but the way they present it and the way they hammer it home and Mm. your journey, both as a player and as a spectator of the plot, for me, I just thought that was really awesome in a way that Kojima hasn't done before because mm. he's tackled big philosophical themes in his writing before. But for me, they're often convoluted and wordy and so on the nose. And this is on the nose, but it felt, you know, contextualized in the actual plot. It didn't feel sort of, you know, like the plot was just a vehicle for these long monologues. Mm-hmm. It felt mm-hmm. interwoven in a more natural way than I think other games have been. Even yeah. though he did kind of get his vehicle stuff in with Higgs. Higgs was his vehicle yeah, to do all yeah. that crazy stuff. And Higgs, I feel like if we do carry on, if there is another Stranding, he's going to be he's gonna be like the Ocelot. Because mm. I, yeah. th- I don't think he's dead. Like, I don't think he'd kill him. So even though you had the gunshot, uh, he would show that. Yeah. Yeah. But. I think it, the Higgs stuff's really weird because obviously, like, you know, he was called Higgs in the beginning and we said months ago that he must be like the God particle and he's chaos and yeah. whatever. And then he literally is that. And he's literally saying that to you <laughs> over and over again. I am the God particle. I am chaos. And, you know, and literally, like, Fragile takes his mask. I brought you a metaphor. And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really want to just hammer this every single part of this film. <laughs> um, and that was the sort of stuff where I, like I said, he kind of wants to have his cake and, and philosophize about it as well. Um, and that, that sort of stuff kind of stood out. I, I do think, because you said, about you think that it feels a bit more natural in terms of like the the big essay level stuff that he does that he's kind of been known for ever since the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 um, I would say that that ending stuff where you're running and waiting for the next bit to trigger that was where it felt really belabored and I wish that they'd threaded maybe something relating to Amelie's true purpose throughout the rest of it Yeah. Um, because it ends up feeling more like like I said like, like he's struggling with open world design and he's like well I can't give this to the player now because they have 80 hours beforehand so I'm gonna wait and like you know and then here's the rest of the game and it all feels like very like lumping and laden it was the end credit scene and towards the end of crossing america when you had all these uh demon jellyfish and it just <laughs> yeah. really slows you down and you just want to get to the point mm-hmm. and it's just like these robots oh come on then fine and it's like it's super simple storytelling to just be like well higgs can do everything he can create the clouds he can create the rain and everything else because amelie just willed it and then I'm just like, okay, well, that, that kind of breaks all the stuff earlier on with, like, she was going along with being the damsel in distress and going on his shoulder when he kidnapped her and being inside that giant boss creature. Mm-hmm. And then when he stabbed her and took her necklace, like, what the hell was all that? Essentially, it's just for Sam, isn't it? Because she's yeah. manipulating him because she needs to, to do this last stranding. <clears throat> she needs him to be, you know, find her and get to her beach. Mm-hmm. And she can only really do that because he doesn't care about connecting America. He says that over and over yeah. again at the beginning. There's He has to be convinced to go on this job and for him the main goal and I actually forgot this because the game you know stretches it out over so many <laughs> hours I forgot that he doesn't really want to be there connecting things he's just there to get to the other side of America mm-hmm. so he can get to her so I feel yep. like Higgs is just sort of a means to an end he's sort of he is the big bad villain that he keeps referencing himself as sort of mm-hmm. the last boss but he's not he's just sort of a pawn but to Sam 
and the player, I guess, he's he is the the mm. end boss. He is the main antagonist that we've been fighting against, and then that rogue is pulled from under you. They also and then Amelie gets what she needs. Yeah, they also do the thing where Kojima gets to like prod his audience right in the eyes. Like with well, the first time you fight Higgs, and he's like, "Oh, is this all you want? Like you've been waiting for it, right? Like oh, there's all the slog. Like I'm a boss fight, so mm-hmm. like yeah. whatever." And like that's the stuff that I really like him for. But I think it's it's weird ultimately looking back forty hours later and being like, "Okay, he was just a, a joke kind of thing." It's almost like you forget about the whole point of the mission as well as like Sam does. Like you you forget that he's like, ah, oh, stupid baby on my chest sort of thing. And <laughs> so like, kind of like, you, you don't just quickly shake Lou. For me, it was more like, I just want to look after this kid. Yeah. Like mm. I don't want it to cry and I want to get through this. And the ending like, Carrot, sorry, Josh, uh, carrying Lou up to the um, incinerator ruined me <laughs> quite a bit. I can't believe you just texted it. I, I can't believe you said he finished it. <laughs> I can't believe Vader was his father. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that whole thing of like, and the whole point of being like, it really emphasizes like just the loneliness out there. And sure, you're interacting with all these people, but they're all just holograms. Mm. You never yeah. really actually in game ever really see another there's some AI a couple of times oh yeah. yeah some nice guys which like here's a thing mm. apart from that you're just running over some guys in yellow suits and that's about it I do think it is it is at least partly intentional what you said there where you kind of not forget about the purpose of the of the mission but it sort of gets superseded by those connections because you start your initial motivation between Sam and the player is to find Amelie mm. but then after 10 hours or so you're enjoying connecting these different areas so much that that mm. becomes yeah. the focus and it's sort of of Sam as a character is very frustrating because he doesn't get much sort of direct character development but I think the way he develops personal relationships is through the player as well as mm. you come to focus on you know just connecting places and doing runs for people and mm. getting to know them through the mail and stuff and I think that 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 sort of blends into Sam learning to you know forge relationships mm. and not be worried about being touched and it, being a loner all it the time it was weird when he started talking more towards the end it's like oh yeah you actually do speak <laughs> but they I see I, I disagree with all that stuff because like the thing is because because the opening gambit they, because it's such a cutscene heavy thing because you spend the first two hours like 80 20 you know 80 percent in cutscenes they really hammer it home that this is your driving force this is the thing you're going to do and one of your loved ones is being held hostage so that that's a that's a big immediate plot drive so for me that never went away and that was Mm -hmm. always the thing that i was going towards and like yeah i can i can deviate away and deliver some extra packages and make some extra strands yeah but the amelie thing was always front and center oh no you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's even with Sam every single time she sees her in the um, holograms mm. and stuff. But I think for me, at least, the point is that once you realize what she's been doing, mm. then you sort of look back on your time and you think, actually, what was the point? Like, what was, yeah. it, was it to get Emily or was it sort of, it's literally right, and I hate to say this because I thought about it, and I love Death Stranding so much, and I love its plot, <laughs> but Death Stranding's plot is literally the Death Stranding, the real Death Stranding, with a friend you made along well, the way. Well, the thing is, like, the whole point, like you just said, is that actually you were doing it for yourself, and she's literally not real. So, yeah. like, li- literally, they want to hammer that. Even that, they want to hammer home. For me, I just, after about the 17th Die Hard Man monologue, I, for- yeah. I kind of forgot what was going on, and, like, you just find yourself building the roads to help connect and think, mm. and after you get into that loop so much, then you're like, oh, wait a minute, now I'm going to go with Die... Um, Dead man for oh, fuck, Dead die, game die man. Die Dead man, man for a bit, mm-hmm. and then you, you're stuck in this whole uh, mama stuff. And you just, for me, I just forgot the greater plot for a quite well, see, a while. With that, like, because like for me, it's the opposite. I'm trying to catalog every single thing along the way. So like, but that's the thing. It works better if you're not trying to talk everything up. Because I, as things were unfolding, yeah. with like, oh, she was never real, and I'm like, well, what about the Higgs cutscene? What about this other thing? Like, it's easier to roll in the moment. That's the kind of thing that he's going for. Yeah, and I think this is sort of just a big division in storytelling in general. Because mm-hmm. I do agree that if you were compartmentalizing everything and you were reading all of the mail and all Which of the journals exactly and keeping up with the law, that's not the wrong way to to, to view it at all. Mm-hmm. But like, because the obviously the game encourages that Mm -hmm. but to me the main through line of the story is sort of it's built on emotional storytelling where it does have all of the lore and all of the intricate sort of details but in the end all of that is secondary to the emotional point that Kojima wants to make and if things don't add up for me that's fine because the end point that he is making makes sense and resonates but if you are trying to keep track of everything that is just a complete headache well, and doesn't thing, really make right? sense. And like, and it does work in terms of like, well, she wasn't real. So the whole point was, like you said, the, the death stranding, the chiral network you made along the way. <laughs> and it's like, and that's great. And he literally in the BBC documentary talked about like, he wants people to take these life lessons and move, <laughs> take them forward outside the game. And like, yeah, holistically, it totally makes sense. But I think that it, the both elements of this game, the open world stuff, the connectivity, the building the world together is diametrically opposed with sit down and watch this cutscene. Yes. And like, and I yeah. think that they clash so hard that it makes the ending such a mess. It was and almost like you love it, but yeah playing the game to earn it Mm. and that's what i was kind of doing at the start but towards the end the loop just becomes so good Mm -hmm. like is it directed down like just 
I got into the loop so much and like, yeah, sure. It's like two hour cutscene, <laughs> five hours of walking around, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't have worked, but for me, it did. Right. Because the thing that I, the visual that I love, or like just in terms of like, I love any sort of like, anything Blade Runner, any sort of uh, climactic act where a character talks to God or talks to their creator. And what would you ask your creator and things like that. And so I love the, the scene when he becomes face to face with Amelie and the solution to all the problems is, hey, what if you just gave your evil thoughts a hug? Like what if, you know, that? and it's like, it's so beautifully simplistic, but also kind of on the nose ridiculous. And like, and it, it works in the moment, especially with the visuals of the whole universe collapsing behind her and everything. And so like, I really like that stuff. But I think that it's, weird it works if you take a step back and and you know you go and kind of line up all the plot points and i don't know it's like in the moment it just didn't necessarily work for me the visual of her being hugged and the reality of that kind of worked but for the longest time for the game for me i was like okay he's trying to get his family back together and like whatever and it just i feel like the game's overall runtime got in the way of some of the messaging i think whereas most games feel like they're always trying to be cinematic experiences this is more like a season of tv mm. it's more like you consume the whole season because like you get clifford under it like little bits but you always meant to, like, remember he's there but not mm-hmm. thinking but wait a minute how does how does world war one play into the fact that i just delivered a pizza well, mm-hmm. i was con- <laughs> constantly and, um, thinking that but like certain moments like the higgs uh forcing fragile fragile to run into the walk into the rain like that would wipe out say like the past things for me and then i was now thinking about that mm-hmm. and i'd go forward to then think compartmentalizing each bit mm-hmm. and i think like I, I, th- this storytelling for me it felt like it was trying to be a season of TV mm-hmm. rather than like of what games have inspired to be just like a film yeah yeah, this yeah. Whole point. I mean especially like tw- like I said towards the end it is like one big season finale like yes. it is your mm-hmm. massive info dump um, but that stuff like we can talk about um, Sam and Lou because like it's weird It's it's this is something that I'll take like total responsibility for in terms of assumptions based on open world storytelling when a character suddenly brings something in um, I'll just, and I don't get it I assume that I missed something that I should have been somewhere like what the first time um, Sam wakes up and, and BB's not there and he goes Lou and it's like with a question mark and I was like oh did I just miss like a whole is that the like, I just assumed I missed something mm-hmm. and I think I messaged Benroy and I was like Lou like what the hell like I honestly just thought I'd missed something um, and then it's like no that's just the way he writes it because then later on you know dead man just tells him who that is yeah and it doesn't make any sense even then but like you know like things like that where I'm like like the connection between Sam and Lou I don't think is done that well even though the visuals work Ooh. and the imagery at the end works and, I, you know I will agree that bit where he, he first says Lou is quite like jarring it is quite jarring but I feel like his connection to that big babby is is nicely woven throughout the entire thing especially when you get to the dead man stuff and you see how much sam actually cares about this companion and then you know he's not just a tool he's a thing and then when you find out that he cares so much not only because you know it's an actual child Mm. and you obviously care about actual children but because there is well you don't yeah (laughs) but there is a connection to the child that he lost which who was called louise which is where the Mm. name comes from is uh for me i i I love that little reveal towards the end that he did have i because you forget that Sam has a family and that it ended in yeah. such tragedy and that to me explained enough why he had such a personal connection to this bridge baby and I, I feel like sorry we didn't get that initial cutscene like now you're now you love Lou because mm-hmm. it was like you the player will get into love Lou anyway so it just happened and then yeah. like so I mm-hmm. feel it might be jar for some people in Death Mode which is like oh do 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 more stuff World War 2 mm-hmm. but yeah. like um, for me it was like I was already invested in Lou at the time mm-hmm. sure I was a bit like okay well 
that's her name. But then, like, mm-hmm. th- everything else just sort of melded together. Because did you guys, one, did you leave the speaker on on your controller so you could always hear them yes. crying? Yeah. Right, I eventually turned mine off. Well, I have mine off by default, so I didn't. And I turned it back on. I was like, oh, they're going to cry every single time I'm near anything. Like, no, I'm turning this back off again. And so, like, yeah, the bit when, when they start trying to <laughs> humanize it. Um, and it's I did go with it in terms of, like, a base level of human, like, you know, interaction with another little infant. I want to take care of it. Um, but, yeah, the bit when the, the shift happens to, like, oh, no, he, like, it's one of those obvious arcs where, like, oh, yeah, now he cares about the baby. Mm-hmm. They literally just tell you. Like, it's just, like, dead man's like, well, this is why you care. And Sam's like, well, yeah, I do care because I used to have a family. None of this was threaded or hinted at before. Ah, uh, I disagree. I think Good. from the very sort of, as soon as Sam gets Louis, I think it's very obvious, like, he cares about it, at least in my opinion. Like, he talks about it. Even when Dead Man, right at the very beginning, is calling it a piece of equipment, even back then in the early hours, Sam is saying, He doesn't like, want to burn it. No, like, he's like, he's like no, I'm, it's, it's not just a piece of equipment. Not like, in the way that a grieving father would. Also, uh, when you lose yeah. Lou for that chapter, mm-hmm. I just wanted to smash through that and get it back. I wasn't going to yeah. do anything else but mm. story because I wanted Lou back. Well, there's that great moment where Deadman's sort of saying, look, there's a problem with Lou, and if uh, we take her away, she is going to lose all of her memories and not have a connection with you. And I thought that was genuinely upsetting when she comes back and she doesn't notice you and she goes straight to Deadman. I was like, Uh, that's an emotional go punch, my friend. I, for me, that bit was just, I just, just, it was just so messy. Like, I couldn't go with that at all. I don't want to derail that, that, because that's a lovely point that that worked is awesome. I wish that did for me. Um, that was weird because he talks so much about, like, oh, we have to reboot it in software and it's not going to remember you and whatever, but then they don't do anything with it. And once he gets them back, yeah, there's that one scene where it looks up at Dead Man instead. But I, then after I that, think it's because the feelings broke through and proved it was more than equipment. That's yeah. why it, that's yeah. what it's meant to be. That's, oh, what, that's definitely what the point of it's yeah. meant to be. Because you were all like corkboarding up there and it's like, <laughs> the, Kojima's like, just hearts love yeah just yeah just go with it it's like <laughs> you know it just waves at you or whatever else that's kind of what i got from it as well like when you get lou back for the second time and she initially doesn't know you there's sort of the assumption that or at least the implication of the game that she just sort of attaches to the first person mm-hmm. she sees like that infancy sort of you know attachment like thing. imprinting yeah exactly yeah and you you think that might be what she is but then she proves herself as being like, actually human and mm-hmm. forging the connections that even though she's been reset she still has that bond with sam eventually yeah, that, yeah. you know it always comes through mm-hmm. which is obviously like a really lovely sentiment i just think it's just weird so there's something about the way that he writes games especially like phantom pain in this um that i think have this weird like ethereal quality to them where everyone is kind of disconnected everyone is their own motivations and they don't necessarily necessarily feel very human um, you know they monologue about why they're called what they're called and like you know someone like Sam when, when all's told about him and what he really went through and everything I'm like well it's it's just strange he plays it off as like well Sam's disconnected and America's effed so like I'm not bothered but then that also is assumedly why he doesn't talk about anything relating to himself until the script wants you to know which then it works more as a surprise than things that he maybe could have said earlier on or whatever and I find that mounts up to a level of unbelievability or suspension of disbelief that gets in the way for me in terms of buying the overall emotional moments because I don't feel like they're as earned. It's weird because it feels just like Norman Reedus after watching like a thousand episodes yeah. of The Walking Dead. But then like I feel like it does kind of work because I, I don't want to be like, oh, Kojima wants you to feel I feel like it's that he's meant to just be a bit soulless and just quiet because you are him. Mm-hmm. Like he wants his big big friend from Hollywood to be in this, <laughs> but you're just being that big friend from Hollywood. Yeah. He also wants you to be like be an avatar and just you know and be the delivery person and be kind of completely disconnected. And that's that's it's so obvious what he's going for in terms of like he's gonna learn to feel over time. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Like that's like but like I said, they hammer it home. They tell you when those moments come. Like, you know, they literally like he literally says like, you know, like, no, it's not equipment, it's a it's a baby. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, like oh you got there like twenty hours in. Like it didn't feel natural. It felt like that's the thing that he wrote at that point in time. Because we need that shift to happen. Now it's called Lou. It does, and it does feel like whatever. 
everyone in this game was business first and there was like no yeah. like oh let's just sit down and look at this monkey smoking or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like for as much as the whole thing is this giant sort of extrapolation of human chemistry and the need to be together in community and companionship and everything there's not really a human element to the script it's all very like very synthetic and very like you know everyone every, all characters are labeled as cargo and it's all very purposeful it's all very like utilitarian it's like yeah. well, you know what is your utility what is your purpose or, I think that is sorry Ben I was just saying is it distillation of the fact that all the human elements have become just like cargo. He would obviously say so, yeah. The crying, like we would cry, but crying in this game is a chemical a chemical reaction to like teleporting. So it's all forced. Mm -hmm. All the human elements now are just gone and they're not natural. They're all forced by some sort of aspect. Yeah, I'd agree with Ben Roy, to mm -hmm. be fair. And I think it's when you get, when you look at these characters in the game and you dig into them, then you do find that they aren't just cargo, you know what I mean? They are still, despite everything, despite the fact mm -hmm. that a death stranding has happened and the world is doomed, that they're still human and still the connections that sort of define them. Like Mama's connection to a to a child and her sister, Dead Man's connection, not Dead Man, Die Hard Man's connection to you know his two mentor figures mm. and Bridget and uh, Cliff. Everyone has sort of these really deeply, for me, deeply human elements that have been hidden or sort of pushed apart as mm. America itself has sort of came, come apart. Mm. And again, it's a big sledgehammer metaphor, <laughs> but I do I would disagree saying that it doesn't have that human element in the script because mm. I think if anything, it has too much of it because he's just Maybe, goes all in on it over yeah, and over it's again it's like nuanced ways of dissecting what I mean by that I think it's which is like a, a whole wider conversation but I think there's like some some character interactions have warmth the time that you first meet up with Mama it feels like an actual person is talking to you um, whereas like when you talk to uh, Dead Man or Die Hard Man or uh, Fragile you're getting barely any fractions of what an actual human being would be like um, and that's maybe a reflection on how much he wants you to feel that, that disparate sort of disconnect from what society is right now like in our timeline right now um, as opposed to this sort of weird post apocalyptic thing but for me all that stuff mounted up to being like a weird sense of things just kind of feeling jarring which like like yeah like kind of got in the way of then he's when he starts laboring everything else on about extinction entities and god and whatever else i never thought die hartman would be an actual human character in this mm. and then the last two hours some of the best acting in the game some yeah. of the best acting in yeah. any video game ever yeah. like easily uh, <laughs> that scene was weird though because I don't mean to be so negative either I really like love the game I just have these weird problems with the script which for me like are the linchpin for so much of it and for me they, they kind of get in the way um, that Ty Hoffman scene though when that was happening when he was really going for it and he starts snotting everywhere and I'm like you're getting like proper upset <laughs> Yeah. in the moment I was like I, did I miss why you're this upset like I, I know what you did but yeah, dude I bloody love that man I love it so much I think the actor Acting is great. And I love. I do think it's justified because obviously, you know, he he kept getting saved by Cliff when he was in his military group, but mm -hmm. he also loved Bridget. Like he loved both of them, and then she forced him to kill not only you know his other mentor mm -hmm. figure, but also a little child. And then I love the fact that he's crying because you know. Cliff has finally come for him. He's finally come for his revenge. Mm -hmm. He's he's been waiting for the moment where you know he atones for his sins, mm -hmm. and he doesn't get that satisfaction. He doesn't get the finality of death. He's got to continue on living in this world and yeah. trying to make it better. And that's the hard part. You know what I mean? It would it would be easy for him to just have Cliff kill him mm -hmm. and have all be forgiven or at least justified but instead he's got to continue living with the guilt he's got to try to make America better he's now the president he's got all of those emotions yeah. and he hasn't had a connection with someone he hasn't been able to reveal this in years and now Sam knows but like, it's also weird just thinking about seeing for most of the game you see Clifford Unger mm -hmm. through the perspective of Lou Beebe or whatever mm -hmm. you'd like to call the baby in the jar mm -hmm. 
But I feel like towards Little the jewels. end, the the yes, the game tricked me into thinking that he was my dad <laughs> because like I was always looking at him from this kid's perspective up like this. Uh-huh. And then when you knew he was going to get off, I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want right. to see it when you felt, like, oh, he's going to get out. No, he's not getting out. Oh, where are you going? <laughs> Why do we only have this one corridor rendered? Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I think um, it's weird that the just to, on both points, like they for me they don't do anywhere near enough in the script to like the, the way you just described like. Hardman's motivations and why he has that massive breakdown scene at the end if they'd done way more with his relationship with Bridget and if they'd done way more with his agency throughout the whole game in terms of giving him this presence instead of him just being a hologram like you know five or six times then that final scene would would easily go down in gaming history as one of the greatest pieces of acting ever and it's yeah. still going to be in terms of pure motion capture but the problem is like, he's just literally hiding behind that mask and he's trying to hide himself the whole game that's I, yeah it's yeah, just it's, it's so difficult. threadbare though uh, like, you pick so much out of it but it's like there's nothing in the script. See, I I would disagree, but I would disagree, but also agree. I I, I disagree that's threadbare because I do think it's all there in the in the actual mm. text and storytelling. But the problem I think goes back to what we said at the very start of this mm. um, video, in that because it is so spread out, I do think you get a real sense of his connection with Bridget in the mm. first two hours. But I didn't the, know he was in love. By the time you're right, at okay, all right. By the time you're say forty hours in. He is just that guy on the hologram, and then you get another dump towards the end. Mm. For me, it's not a problem with the story; it's a problem with the storytelling, I guess, right. or the pacing. Oh, or, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that would be kind of that, yeah. That's one of those like nuanced things of just like I'm literally talking about like dialogue exchanges and yeah. you know like like certain pieces of like acting chemistry and things like that. In terms of actual like beat for beat storytelling, I think it's brilliant. It's just that I think the actual exchanges you have when he then goes like full emotional with something like that, where I'm just kind of like you've not really built up to this or anything, mm. and like maybe it works because it is so disparate and it is this sort of highlighting of emotion in this world so devoid of it that it can work even more but like for me it got in the way i don't know if it was the same were you, were you a fan of the die hardman breakdown yes because uh, <laughs> i didn't really see it coming but then when it happened i was like oh god this is this is going through and mm. i didn't really pick up the bridget stuff towards until t- really towards the end but mm-hmm. i was thinking well my metal gear brain was thinking that he loves him because he's like love blooms on the battlefield so he loves clifford unger for saving him all this time Mm -hmm. and the guilt of him being like responsible for pretty much this death and Mm. like everything that's happening i think all that comes in the last like him trying to hide behind his mask the whole time but Mm -hmm. i mean that's why it kind of works because he was nothing more than just a quest giver for basically the whole game yeah and someone decent in the cutscene at the beginning Mm -hmm. with a cool mask a ridiculous mask which was Bridget's first because <laughs> yes why not yeah. and then she doesn't wear it and then she does wear it but for me <laughs> I didn't think Die Hardman would be my favourite character or mine's one of Mama, them but, yeah. uh, my, mine's probably Big Mads nice but, Mads um, great. but it was it was like he was bottom of the list and poof, up to the mm. top towards the end yeah and again I think that is sort of kind of intentional with what we were talking about earlier with that everyone is sort of so dehumanized at the beginning they haven't even got the real names that they're, mm. they're hidden but then when you dig under the surface of everyone they've all got these really tragic yeah. human feelings that they're feeling they just haven't been able to express them or mm-hmm. connect and I do like that out of nowhere Die Hardman, the lamest dude in the story up until that point, has the biggest emotional breakdown. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was human after all, wasn't he? I <sighs> just, uh, yeah, I think it, it's probably totally subjective, but I think if you're, if you're going to rush that level, like considering the overall runtime, we're averaging about 50 hours. If you if you crunch a lot of the review data and you crunch what we did, we finished it about 40 hours each, I think. Benji um, doing about 30. <laughs> yeah, he just went main mission, main yeah. mission. And um, if you crunch that ac- across like 50 hours runtime, you have a big old chunk of storytelling at the beginning and a big old storytelling chunk at the end. When there's 
there's so much time and space for th- that you could have done all this stuff way more naturally and in a way, in a way that would have led up to these big moments at the end. Um, and I think the Amelie one lands because you're more in touch with her throughout the, the whole thing. And, and her uh, overall role ties into the fact that you're building America over time. The Die Hardman stuff, um, I just found to be weirdly, not overacted because it works. Um, and Tommy L. Jones is, a, is an incredible actor. But like, yeah, that, that stuff was just, there's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, yeah, I don't, this is just, just coming at me. Mm-hmm. Just all these I, scenes sort of coming at me. I almost feel like he should have got the nod over Norman Reedus. For totally. Best, for the Video like, Game Awards, yeah. Best like, performer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think Norman Reedus' performance in this is anything. To be honest, mm. like there's there's a bit where he breaks down once, but like, yeah. it's yeah. not it's not anything compared to it's, what it's, other people. It's all right. It's, yeah. Not, yeah. it's Norman Reedus. Yeah. 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 Whereas whereas like Mads getting nominated is is there's a lot more to him, and I think his presence is is way stronger. Um, I had one final question. Uh, unless either of you guys want to raise anything in particular, maybe not. I don't. I think I would have liked to just see how Higgs scurried away like meh in like a little <laughs> in like a little pizza costume outfit. <laughs> oh, if they'd cut him in a box and he was walking away in a Metal Gear box, I Very probably would have loved him. Yeah. I mean, I love him anyway. Something but, yeah. like something like that because I just want to express how great I feel like the whole Higgs stuff went because mm. I was expecting oh, it just keeps appearing and going away. Are they just going to do this? And then no, he's in the giant B um BD uh B. BT, <laughs> sorry, BD because of uh, Star Wars. B- <laughs> yes, BT, and then we, then you throwing boxes at him, and I was like, oh god, you're gonna make me throw suitcases at him for about twenty minutes. <laughs> yes, and then you have the punch up, and then I, I and it was, becomes Metal Gear I was really bad at the blocking, so it, when he gets his combinations, you just beat him, <laughs> and then you get another like long cutscene forever. Mm-hmm. I think he just chews it up so much, and Troy Baker is yeah. fantastic, and I just. Plus, after after you do all that stuff, you get access to his journal, and then you can go to his bunker. And I've you can still not gone there yet, but I can't wait. To okay, go. I have. Like they, yeah, it's just they, they, yeah. I think for him, like he's meant to be chaos, and it's like it's mm-hmm. it's playing in this this wider realm of like certain like celestial entities and what do they want and whoever Higgs is well, Higgs is meant to represent like pure chaos, but also he he he's also a cipher for video game violence and that initial rush and not wanting to go down. You know, he literally references it, like I said in that first boss battle, um, which makes him the weirdest non-character ever. But he also serves of such a specific purpose um it's just weird it's such a mishmash of ideas but like i mean overall you guys are i mean i'm <laughs> it's weird i have a lot of problems with the script but i'm overall a positive on it i in the moment when i hugged amelie and I, the credits were rolling i had a big feeling of genuine positivity and i was like i'm so glad i went through this yeah um i think are both of you guys more positive than me on the storytelling and script overall yes. yeah i think so yeah. i feel yeah. like i like again like control i loved but then this was an experience that mm. i will remember this game mm-hmm. this it took a part of me because 50 hours was so yes. <laughs> it was a long thing um yeah because yeah, where you, it for game of the year stuff i think josh it's right up there for you it is my game of the year nice. i wasn't sure at first but uh i haven't had a game that i've just wanted to live and breathe like this i don't i usually wrong. play games for a long time but it takes me a long time to get to a high hour count whereas this i finished in six days and played 50 hours of it i just lived breathed slept the game and even when i was at work i was thinking about yes. what i was going to do at the night and for me that on top of a story that actually really emotionally got me it does have its problems but uh, yeah it's it's great yeah i booked yeah. a day off for this game to play as well <laughs> yeah, i don't think i would have been able to cope if i didn't book that day off really i needed this game i needed to play it i needed to go through it and thinking about it like you was and then when it took over the office and more people that played than we thought they would mm-hmm. were playing yeah. it, and it was just strapped it was perfect loop like phantom pain was almost mm-hmm. but with a more compelling story to me and it just it just got in your brain and dug in and wasn't going away until you finished it mm-hmm. 
and I, I want to go back to it. It's for, it's game of the year for me. Yeah, I um, I think Sekiro's game of the year, but it's number two. <laughs> Lols. Just because wow. you couldn't beat the thing, but it's still pretty good. I think in terms of Death Stranding, the, the amount of... Um, <laughs> Like the amount of stuff that they like, he tries to do the amount of things that kind of like go sideways or whatever. But I'm just I'm glad that it exists. I'm glad that something this unique would have this much money behind it, and this many people seem to have played it, and the sales are insane for it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the last question I had, which you can have a yes or a no, is Hideo Kojima a genius? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, man. Yeah. He's, I will say yes. He's different and fresh, so yes. Yes, I like the fact that at least he's tried something that like no other developer has done, especially this year, especially this generation. Um, but yeah, let's know what you think down in the comments below if you're following along on the video side of things, or come find us on social media if you're listening on the audio platforms. For now, though, Ivan's got from WhatCulture.com. This has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. That was the wrong outro, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because I'm joined by Ben Roy Turner. Goodbye. I'm Josh Proud. See ya. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.